0: Wait, you haven't seen it. You gotta see it. Oh, you gotta see it. You gotta see it. Oh, you gotta see it. You gotta see it. Oh, you gotta see it. You gotta see it. Oh, you gotta see it. You gotta see it. Gotta see it. Gotta see it. Gotta see it. Gotta see. Gotta see. Gotta see. Yeah. Hello. welcome to another episode of You Haven't Seen It, the podcast about all the best movies you have never seen. My name is Dan and I am the host of the show. What is going on on this podcast, if you are new to it, is each week I will recommend a movie or sometimes possibly a TV show. Keep your eyes peeled for that one. Or maybe your ears. Peel your ears. Um, the. I feel hasn't gotten enough attention and enough love, and I think people should see. Um, It might be any kind of film due to like a B-movie, all the way up to a big old blockbuster that just kind of didn't get the attention and love that it deserves. And I'll tell you all about it, spoiler free, um, give you a score out of 10 that I recommend it, and tell you where you can watch it. And then that's what happens on this podcast. Uh, we've done previous things before. We've done some um some medium budget films, done a um some B movies, and this episode uh we're gonna be talking about a film from one of my favourite directors, but we'll get into that into a minute. I just want to tell you one rule of this podcast. So the main rule is every film or TV show, has to be obtainable in some normal way. So either through a streaming service or via DVD and Blu-ray. You know, it can't just be uh, some weird strange film that you can only get if you make a deal with a gypsy. little old gypsy with a little crooky hand who's all kind of talking like this. I curse to you. That's racist. Ugh, I'm so bad. Cancel me. <laughs> <laughs> I was just doing a stereotype. Ah! I'm so cancelled. Anyway, let's get moving on. The film I'm going to be talking about today is from my favourite director, John Carpenter. And it's one of his less loved films. It's called In the Mouth of Madness. What's the plot? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to start off with this summary from IMDb. And then I'm gonna flesh it out a bit more, and we'll talk about it, and I'll tell you why I love it. Um, but here is the synopsis from IMDb: So, with the disappearance of hack horror writer Sutter Kane, all hell is breaking loose. Dot dot dot. Literally. Author Kane, it seems, has a knack for description that really brings his evil creepy crawlies to life. Insurance investigator John Trent is sent to investigate Kane's mysterious vanishing act and ends up in a sleepy little East Coast town of Hobbs End. So that is the synopsis there that is on IMDb. Um, fleshing it out a little bit more. The film itself, it does centre around John Trent, uh, played by the amazing Sam Neill that we all know from Jurassic Park. A Jurassic Park, it's a massive park, what could possibly go wrong? That one. Uh, <laughs> and um, he plays this insurance investigator who is hired by the publishing company to try and track down Sutter Kane. He's in the middle of writing a book, his new book apparently is going to be the best book ever and he's gone missing. And he hasn't finished the book and they want his their book essentially. That's all they want. one on our book. So he starts to try and track this guy down and how he does it is he starts reading his books and he starts having strange hallucinations. And weird dreams. And it kind of leads him to this town of Hobbs End. Which is like Stephen King does. You know with um his works. He bases them all kind of in one general area. A lot of the books of Sutter happen in this place called Hobbs End. Which seems to be a fictional town. But um, John Trent finds to be real. And he decides to go there. And that's when things get even weirder. Now, this film is part of what John Carpenter called his Apocalypse Trilogy, uh, which was based on three films. It's The Thing, um, Prince of Darkness, and this, In the Mouth of Madness. And it's based upon that kind of creepy, strange atmosphere of paranoia and fear that those two films have as well. If you've never heard of Prince of Darkness, well, I'm going to... I may do an episode on that as well, so hey, keep your eye out for that. So then you'll know about two of the three apocalypse trilogy. Um, but the film itself is extremely kind of creepy. It, it, it plays on the strange atmosphere rather than you know horror, gore, and scares like that. It, Builds this strange tension. Um, it's really well executed, and it gives me an, an uneasy feeling when I watch it. Um, it's one of those films where I know what's going to happen. I, I know it. I know what's going to happen. I know where it's going to go. But every time I watch it, I still get tense and I get uneasy, and I feel like something's not right. And I love it. It's so well done. That's the mark of a good film, that it can have multiple watches, but you can still feel that strange tension build. And that's what John Carpenter does so well in this film. Um, and he builds that very, very well, very early on. He kind of shows you what kind of film this is going to be. Now, I'm not going to give anything away, but there is a certain scene at the start of the film, around about 14 minutes in, that really has me on the edge of my seat because we know something's coming it's not like when you watch The Nun and the noise all drops out and all the music drops out so you know a big bang is coming oh it's going to be loud it's going to make me jump no it's proper tension there's a scene with our main character and somebody else in a diner and they're just sat having a conversation and You can see out of the window across the street and something happens with a man with an axe across the street and you can see the tension building. And I found myself shouting at the TV, just get, just fucking move. (laughs) But it's just so well done. And I love how John Carpenter can do that. He's really good at building tension out of kind of just simple scenes. He did it with Halloween. You know, he does it with The Thing, and he does it in this, and it's really well executed. And the other thing that makes this film just stand out so well is the fact that it's based on similar ideas—similar ideas, ideas, similar ideas uh, of HP Lovecraft stories. Now, uh, I'm going to talk more about that in the fact section. Uh, but it's a really kind of great world building atmosphere that's built with this film, and it just keeps getting stranger and stranger. And it, one of the great things about it is it explains its main plot, and it does that really well. We follow this John Trent, this very sceptical, realistic insurance kind of investigator, and uh, we and we follow him through this. You know, something's gotta be normal. There's an explanation for everything. That's his character. We follow him through this story and just weird things keep happening around him and things get weirder and weirder as the story progresses. And he's trying to cling on to reality and we're him. We don't get an explanation for half of the stuff that happens other than that's how it's supposed to happen. These things are written into the story. I don't, I'm not going to explain them. They're just going to happen to you. And we're him we're like well, what the hell is going on this can't be, be real what, why is this happening and his slow drip fed realisation that something is going on is us and we slowly come around to it and I just think that's so well executed and even better is the film actually opens with our main character Sam Neill being dragged into a mental asylum and you're like how the hell did he get here i want to know what what caused this man to go nuts like he's dragged in and he's just he's just rambling and he's a bit nuts and he starts there's a scene where he's, he's just drawing uh, crosses on himself crucifixes like uh, all over himself and all over his cell uh, with like a, a black crayon you're like why is he doing this and then it cuts to the earlier uh, before all this kind of unfolded and he seems like a really you know, straightforward guy. So, how the hell did he get here? We need to know. And it kind of gripped me, and I I love that descent into madness. And that's what the film's about. It's about him, him going crazy. And, yeah. So, let's hear some facts about the film. Facty, facty, fact! So, this film was released in 1994. And, like I said before, it was directed by John Carpenter. It was part of his Apocalypse Trilogy. Um this film itself had a budget of about eight million, but watching the film you would think it had a much larger budget. What they managed to do with that eight million is fantastic. John Carpenter's always been really good at stretching the budget. Um The issue as well, unfortunately, with this film is it only made about eight million. And that's just such, such a shame. Like I don't understand how that happened it should have made a lot more and if you factor in advertising uh, which is usually you say about the same amount as the budget didn't make its money back. It was a loss for John Carpenter. So one of the reasons why John doesn't really do studio films because he always feels hard done by like when he made The Thing films like this as well Uh he just seems to get shafted with advertising and things like that and just timing Um but this film is... It's its so great. And it's such a shame that it, at the time, didn't get the love. It does now. A lot of people who've seen it said it's a great film. And it's, you know, it's one of John Carpenter's best. But again, not many people have seen it just because it isn't out there. Um the same with, like... I don't know if you guys know about The Thing. But The Thing itself, when it was released, people did not like it. And... At the time, it was slated as one of the worst films ever made. Now it's on one of the best. It's always on the films of like the best films ever made. It's a fantastic film, and people praise it. But at the time, they didn't. Same thing happened with this. Like people didn't really get it, um, and that's because of the kind of content it is. Now I mentioned before, it's based on H.P. Lovecraft, and if you don't know much about H.P. Lovecraft, then who strap in. H.P. Lovecraft was a writer from the early 1900s, and he wrote something called cosmic horror, um, which is kind of like fantastical stories and things about otherworldly creatures and other dimensions and things like that. And that's what heavily inspired this film. So, and the the title itself, "In the Mouth of Madness." ...is a spin on the title of a short story by H.P. Lovecraft called... ...Into the Mountains of Madness. So, it was heavily inspired and they wore that on their sleeve. It ends up being like tentacle monsters and weird alien creatures... ...and other dimensions and old gods and it's... Yeah, so you can see why at the time when this film was released... Uh, they probably didn't know how to advertise it or what to do with it or how to make it appealing to the masses rather than just kind of showing what the film was. Uh, so it's a fant- it's just so good. Now, this film, like I said, it's, it stars Sam Neill, as we all know, from Jurassic Park. It also has a woman named Julia Carman, uh, another main character. Is- I'm going to say this so badly. I'm not going to be able... I- I'm sorry if... If this particular actor seems to be listening, because obviously why wouldn't he be, I'm sorry I've butchered your name or anyone with this similar name. It's Jürgen now. <laughs> I have I, no idea. It's like a European name. I'm get, A lot of people won't be able to say my last name, so it's fine. I, you know, I'm sorry. If anyone out there knows how to really pronounce this guy's name, please tell me. But there's also one other character in this film. He's only in it for a tiny little bit, um, but it's just incredible that he's in it. It's Charlton Heston. Charlton Heston's in this film. Charlton Heston, I want to give you a kiss. (laughs) He's in this film. He um, runs the publishing company. He's like, I want to get my book back. mm -hmm. I need you to go and find this writer guy. Where's my book? (laughs) I like doing impressions. I'm not very good at them, but I like to do them. And it's just crazy that Sam Neill and people like Charlton Heston are in this film together and it it just didn't get any traction. It's crazy. Now, the film itself has a Tomatometer score of 54%, but it has an audience score of 73%. But me personally, I may be a little biased because I absolutely love John Carpenter. My personal score is a nine out of ten. I absolutely love, love it. I love it. I love it so much. It, you know, it, it does the rare thing of scaring me a little bit, which is really difficult to do. I've seen so many horror films and so many thrillers and scary films. I'm just immune to it. And so this film actually makes me on edge, which is so rare, which is why I like it so much. And I'm such a big fan of H.P. Lovecraft that I may be a little biased, but hey, you should go and watch it, guys. See what you think about it. You know, make your own damn decision. Now, the film itself, you can rent it and stream it off of Amazon Prime and Shout Factory do a Blu-ray release of it. There is also a a Blu-ray release that you can get, but it's from Europe. Uh, But the best place to go for it is Amazon Prime, especially if you're in the UK. I I couldn't say about other countries, but in the UK, I rented it for £3.50. Easy peasy. Uh, But definitely, guys, give it a watch if, you know, you're looking for something different, uh, but you're looking for a good story, you know, and something you may not have seen before. You want to be surprised. In the Mouth of Madness is a fantastic, well shot, well thought out, scary psychological kind of horror. So that's my recommendation, guys. And hey, I may be setting up an email and stuff soon. So if any of you guys have any recommendations out there for films that you think I should watch, and you want me to share with the masses, I'll I'll set that up soon. And there'll be another episode coming in a week to give you some more recommendations. And as for my famous segment, Boobies and Movies, forgot to say. Um, there's no boobies and movies with this movie, guys. I'm sorry. I know I said I get around to it, but for all you old man butt lovers out there, there is some old man butt. Old man is handcuffed to his wife's ankle for a reason, and you get to see his butt. You're welcome. Until next time, guys, please take care of yourselves during this crazy time and happy watching.